the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. And with that cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, professor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, tonight we come to uh, part 10. Wow, it's been 10 weeks uh, regarding our new our new uh, teaching. And uh, it's on the uproar, the lawlessness, the violence, division, and spiritual warfare in our country today. Since the death of George Floyd by a racist police officer, Satan has taken this one thing and exploded it, ignited it, and blown it up into a war among those in the American cities. And the people are looking for answers for all this, for the for solutions, but they're looking for them in all the wrong places. Tonight, Dr. Buckner will give us some solutions by getting to the root so we can bear fruits. For we are not pretending, we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that introduction. <laughs> Uh, we want to thank everybody out there in Radiant Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know that you're going to be blessed and lifted up by our program uh, tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we have been talking about this series on you got to get to the root in order to bear fruit. And Gary is so right when he brings that introduction on all of the troubles and trials and problems and uh, evils that's going on in our world today, uh, where it talks about in the book of Judges that they were doing what was right in their own eyes, and we see that happening today. History is just repeating itself, and when man gets to the point where he gets ready to self-destruct, that's when God steps in. So we never know when God is going to step in and judge this world because it has turned its back on God, the Bible, and being obedient to what God has called them to do. Now, let me say this by way of introduction. This whole series has to do with getting back to our roots so we can bear fruit. And do you remember uh, Alex Haley did a popular movie called Roots? trying to help his family and others to get back to their humble beginnings, to get back to their family tree, and to and this popular movie, Roots, opened up the door towards races tracing their roots or their family roots. It was a good thing, good thing. Got people stirred up and challenged to look back at their family roots. But my friends... And the Lord, I want to say this to you. There's something that's even 
More important than that, than the family roots, is getting back to the biblical roots. And that is the roots of our family roots going all the way back to Adam and Eve. That's where it all started. That's where sin started. That's where rebellion started. And that's where the seed of the woman started. That was Jesus spoken of in prophecy in uh, Genesis chapter 3. Way back there, there's the first prophecy in the Bible talking about the seed of the woman. And we learn here that uh, in this teaching that we go back to our family roots even greater than the family roots in our biological families. We go back to the biblical roots, and that is going all the way back to Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. And we go back to uh, Noah's three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and we find that when they uh, went forth to the various areas, and uh, Shem, he stayed in, in the Middle East, Ham went towards Cush, which is uh, Africa, and then Japheth went towards the North Pole. And this is where the pigmentation of the skin started to change. And all of our roots go back to Adam and Eve and then through Noah's three sons. And that's where you get the real answer of the root problems today. So you can't find it just in your immediate family. You got to go back to the biblical family. That's where you're going to get the real answer to the problems, going all the way back to the Garden of Eden and look at the enemy that came in the garden and sin and a Savior being prophesied that would come and save mankind from their sins. Oh, you are a sinner, and all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You need Jesus. And all this craziness that's going on in our world today there's no solution for it but Jesus. You got to know where you came from in order to know where you're going. And let me say that again. You got to know where you come from, where you came from, in order to know where you're going. And that's not just with your biological family, uh, but going all the way back, taking your roots all the way back to Adam and Eve and back to Noah and his three sons. Uh, and, you know, and you develop from there your spiritual roots. See, you got your biological roots with your immediate family, but you got to understand your spiritual roots going all the way back to the Garden of Eden. And uh, that's where the problem started. But that's where God created man in his image, in his likeness. And uh, Satan has come to distort and to mess up that image, the Imago Dei. And Jesus came to bring us back into that Imago day. Uh, Thomas Martin once said, quote, to be a tree, a tree is more than its fruit. We must cultivate our whole selves from the root up. Oh, I like that, close quote. Now, the word, now listen to this carefully, and you may want to make a note of this. Listen to this carefully. The word fruit and root can be synonymous words or terms. Uh, like, for instance, in Matthew chapter 7, 
In Matthew chapter 7, verse 20, Christ said in his Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 20, quote, Wherefore by their fruits you shall know them. <laughs> you know, there's two types of uh, fruit. There is the life and the doctrine. And you know, some people's lives can put the average Christian to shame. But their doctrine is corrupt. But there are some people's doctrine that may be good, but their lives are corrupt. you got to have both of those things bearing fruit, your life and your doctrine. That's a very important point. Now, Matthew chapter 7, verse 20, Jesus said, you will know them by their fruit. That means going to the root of the issue, going down below the tree to the very root that causes the tree to spring up. And in Matthew chapter 7, verse 19, Jesus said, Every tree that beareth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Oh, oh that's so important, my friends. And now, now listen to this. If you are not uh, bearing fruit from the root, Jesus said one day, you could be cast into the fire. This is a serious thing. This is not Buckner. This is Bible. Matthew chapter 7, verse 20, again, Jesus said, Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Now, <clears throat> let me call your attention to two important things with this. Uh, the first one is, number one, <clears throat> to judge righteous judgment. Now, we know uh, bad fruit by judging righteous judgment. You say, oh, my uh, pastor, we're not supposed to judge. You know, there are some preachers I hear say you're not supposed to judge, and some people in church say you shouldn't be judging so-and-so and so-and-so. And I'm wondering what type of Bible they're reading. Where did they get that from? And, why? and preachers that are teaching that nonsense that we are not to judge, that they need to go and study their Bible a little bit deeper and get trained under somebody who's going to teach them right and go back to go to Bible college, go to seminary. Now, uh, there is such a thing, as Jesus said, and uh, we'll get into that in a minute, uh, another type of judgment. Now, now, number one, the first judgment is a righteous judgment. There's such a thing as a righteous judgment. You say, where is that? Well, that's in John 7 and 24. John 7 and 24. Look at it in your Bibles. Jesus said, judge not according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment. Now, Jesus said we can judge as long as we judge righteous judgment. Now, we're not to judge according to appearances like the Pharisees did in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 1. See, they judged according to appearance, and they were into that appearance thing. They were into judging people's character. And then uh, Jesus said there in Matthew 7 and 1, Jesus said, judge not that you be not judged. Now, that's where a lot of people eisegete these scriptures. They say, well, didn't Jesus say not to judge? Yes, he did. But what is the context? See, Oratory was right, uh, the great prince among preachers. 
a text taken out of his context becomes a pretext for error. So when he says to judge not that you be not judged, that's judging people's appearance. And that's a judgment of hypocrisy. That's why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 5, don't judge like the hypocrites of the Pharisees, because they were judging, and Jesus told them, you know, uh, pull out the beam. You know, you messing with people with a moat and a spike in their eye, but you got a big old beam. See, they were judging according to appearances, but Jesus says over in John 7, 24, judge righteous judgment. So don't listen to those people that tell you, well, you shouldn't judge. Now, that's the first point. Number two, uh, the second thing that we uh, learn is that we, we are called by God, according to Matthew chapter 7 in the Sermon on the Mount, to be fruit inspectors, fruit inspectors, in inspecting good fruit versus bad fruit. Now, you say, I never heard it like that. Well, <laughs> good to hear it now. Good to hear it now. We are called by God to be fruit inspectors for God. And uh, and what I'm seeing today, when I dig up truth among so many people as a fruit inspector for God, I'm seeing, uh, as I dig up a lot of stuff in our homes today, I see bad fruit. I see bad marriages, bad churches, many bad churches, community going, gone bad, inner cities. When I dig up that fruit as a fruit inspector, I see the inner cities just in terrible shape, bad fruit. And I see the leftists and the liberals on the political world, bad fruit. And when I see false religions, bad fruit. And I see cults, bad fruit. And I see people who are atheists, agnostic, and skeptics, bad fruit. And when I see somebody who don't go to church, bad fruit. And when I see somebody denying the Bible, bad fruit. When I see somebody who rejecting God's truth, bad fruit. According to Jesus in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 19, that uh, he says, every tree that beareth not forth good fruit, fruit is hewn down, you know, and hewn down and cast into the fire. That's what he. That's what Jesus says. That's very, very clear. There is. That's what Jesus says. Uh, if you bearing bad fruit, uh, is cast down, uh, and 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 into the the fire. And you don't want to go there, producing bad fruit. Now, does this verse of scripture apply to you, even in your prayer life? your Bible study life, your devotional life, your witnessing life, and uh, in you acknowledging Jesus as Lord and ruler and king, you're absolutely right. If you're not bearing no fruit in your life as a Christian, never reading your Bible, never praying, <clears throat> never going to church, never having that one-on-one -on -one time with God, there's nothing to bear. And he says, you'll be cast into the fire. This is tough, hard, discipleship language, my friend. 
You better listen. You better listen. Now, let me say this in conclusion. Let me say this and bring this home. The Apostle Paul, under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, speaks about this thing. Uh, and Jesus speaks about it as well. But the Apostle Paul speaks about this thing in Colossians 1 and verse 10. Colossians 1 and verse 10. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful. Notice the word, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Bearing godly fruit has to do with all of these things in this verse. Walking worthy in pleasing the Lord, being fruitful even in every good work, and increasing in knowledge. And if you're not doing those things that Colossians 1 talks about here, then you're not, you're not, you shouldn't even call yourself a disciple. Now let me say this and I'm done. Galatians 5 and 22 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Now, this is where you find, this is where you see a genuine Christian. This is where you see the first of this fruit is love. Now, uh, this is so important. Love, Galatians 5, 22, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. I don't see any of that stuff going on in the major cities and in some of our churches and in our homes, I don't see a lot of that going on. And you got hate in your heart towards people, the president, towards one another, family members. You better check yourself before you wreck yourself. I'm going to say this in close. I want you to repeat after me after, with this prayer. Dear Lord, I come before you right now confessing my sins with the bitterness of my heart, confessing my sins regarding not bearing fruit. And Lord, I repent in my life of not bearing fruit and help me, Lord, to accept you as my Lord and Savior and to walk in the power of the Spirit in Galatians 5 and 22. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. Well, it's time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your hosts, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, and counselor and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. We just want to thank all of you who have been praying for this ministry over the many, many years that we've been on the air. We know that your prayers are working, and we thank you so much. We also want to thank those who have been uh, faithful in their giving to contending for the faith. So important that you're consistent in both areas because we need both to remain on the air. It costs us 400 a week to do this show, plus another 150 for our podcast fees. So it's uh, a little bit expensive at times, and we, we definitely need your support. We need your help, and we need your prayers. There's two ways that you can donate. The first one is simply send a check or money order to contending for the faith. P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith. Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, that's spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. 
The second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org and click on the donate button. It's that simple. And you will be a blessing for time and eternity. Dr. Buckley, are you ready to go to the callers? Uh, yes, let's uh, do that. And again, we just want to thank everybody uh, for your giving. And uh, Sandra, we want to thank her as well for her wonderful uh, note uh, to us uh, as well. And we were uh, truly blessed by the encouraging uh, words there uh, and how she got blessed by the message talking about, uh, you know, the messages we've been uh, giving on, uh, you know, bitterness and that sort of thing. So mm. we appreciate your encouraging words and your letters, and we want to encourage others to uh, continue to uh, support us and also, as well as send us notes of encouragement. We appreciate that. All right. So we have uh, Brother Cece on line one ready to uh, ask his question. All right, Brother Cece, how are you doing? Um, I'm doing fine. How are you doing? Truly blessed. Truly blessed. How did the word speak to you tonight? Did you What did you get out of it for yourself? Well, there's a lot of things I got out of it, but I like, I like how you trace everything back to uh, the garden where sin is at because a lot of people, they, they blame, they have so many other different things they blame, and you went straight to the root, to the garden, and that was and then also liked how you brought up the point that we have to be fruit inspectors, and you made you made um, a distinction between those who were bad fruit and good fruit. And you actually, you know, you used um, a lot of contemporary terms that some people out there could actually understand. In case somebody was listening to this station and, and are not familiar with the Bible, it was real easy to understand if you break it down. And I really appreciate that. And no telling who. This message reached tonight. Uh, God is using in a mighty powerful way. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Amen. Well, thank you so much for those encouraging words. We always appreciate the feedback. And uh, you have a question on your heart tonight? <clears throat> yes, I want to ask you about nepotism, and um, you know, you know, if you give me some, you know, some input on insight on that. Well, that's a good question. And what makes you uh, raise that question? What 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 made you uh, bring that question to the forefront? Well, because I know I know uh, people like Joel think you know, like his father passed after him, and about the history of different things in terms of nepotism. I want to ask you, but on uh, you're breaking up. We uh, we broke up. Can you repeat that again? We didn't hear it clearly. Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Uh, repeat what you just said. I couldn't. You were breaking up. What did you say? Well, one of the one of the, one of the things was maybe uh, about it because um, I know that Joel Osteen, his father, had passed the church down to him, and um, I know there's been a lot of that in history. I know it's, it's a wider spread, but just the church is being passed down to people. So I wanted to hear your output on on this term nepotism because I don't really hear that. Uh, I haven't really heard too much. It's displayed on that in terms of people exegeting that. Well, let me say something on nepotism. Uh, this is a term that really, uh, for those who may not know how to spell that, is N-E-P-O-T-I-S-M, nepotism. And it is uh, a term that uh, it comes from the Latin root nepos, meaning nephew, meaning nephew. Um, and uh, so... People uh, have taken this uh, term and have put it in the place of favoritism. So uh, they speak of it in terms of favoritism. 
It can be favoritism towards uh, various fields, including uh, business, politics, entertainment, sports, religion, and other activities, and including, uh, as the word says, it's re- related to uh, to be related to big time family. Uh, Aristotle uh, actually condemned it. Uh, this thing of favoritism, and uh, several Catholic popes and bishops who had no children of their own gave their nephews positions of preference as were often accorded by fathers to sons. Um, And so uh, several popes even elevated their nephews to high positions of cardinals, uh, such as appointments were the means of continuing a papal dynasty. So I just uh, I wanted to say this regarding that myself is that uh, we got to look at everything from a Christian perspective, and you just don't say, okay, this is something I'm going to give you because of favoritism. And you see, throughout the Bible, a lot of times when people would got into that favoritism thing. It created a world of problems in the family. And even going back to Jacob with his sons, you know, they were envious of each other because uh, they were showing favoritism. Uh, when it comes to God uh, saying, this is the line by which I'm going to work with, is a whole different situation. But a lot of times they got into the flesh and got into favoritism, and it created a lot of uh, problems within the family. When we look at God, uh, we shouldn't look at things uh, as favoritism. We should look at things uh, as Christians from the perspective of we have been adopted in Christ uh, and we are joint heirs with him uh, and unbelievers are children of God, but they are not adopted. The word adoption is a powerful word because it's uh, it, it just mellows out everything that we're all equal in Christ as adopted children of God, you know, and, uh, and no Muslim can claim that in the Muslim world. This is the thing I did a teaching on the Muslims and how to witness them. And one of the things that differentiate us from them uh, is that they're into uh, everybody. The closest way you can get to Allah is to be a servant of Allah, uh, that's as close as you can get. But in Christianity, uh, because of Christ's righteousness, we've been made righteous in him. Uh, it's been imputed to us through the cross, through his blood. So we become sons uh, and daughters, and we are adopted into the family, and we are heirs and joint heirs with him, to rule with him. You'll never find that in the Muslim religion. That's the thing that differentiates us from them. So uh, I'm uh, kind of like uh, Aristotle. Uh, I just don't uh, see any biblical warrant for nepotism. And uh, we need to look at everybody as uh, being uh, created equal in God's eyes. And we should never get into this spirit of favoritism uh, because it's gonna—it's not biblical, and it's going to create a lot of problems. Talking about Joel Osteen, I know that he did and in, inherited that from his father, put it in, in his lap. But 
the father putting something in your lap uh, to continue your ministry versus you having a true calling by God. You have to be careful with that. Some, a lot of people walk into the ministry and continue a ministry because of their father. Oral Roberts' son did that, and look at the mess that he created. And there's other ones. The issue of you following the footstep of your father, you better make sure that you've been called by God. When you look at the teachings of Joel Osteen, <clears throat> it's word, faith, teaching, and uh, Jesus didn't complete his work at the cross. He had to go down to hell and beat up, take on the demonic nature and beat up a whole bunch of demons. And then he didn't complete the uh, plan of salvation then. And he had to offer his blood up to heaven. So Joel Osteen goes even a step further than going down to beat up a whole bunch of demons and Jesus taking on a demonic nature. That's blasphemy to say those sort of things. So, and then a whole bunch of other heresies that's within Joel Osteen and Joyce Myers teaching. They kind of have very similar because both of them are word faith. So anyway, hopefully that helps out and gives some insight to uh, your question. Yeah, you gave me a lot more than I expected. I really appreciate that. Thanks a lot. Yeah, we don't believe in dealing with bones on this program. We deal with uh, spiritual sirloin steaks in the Lord. Amen? Amen. I appreciate it. Yeah, you got it. Do uh, you have any prayer requests on your heart? Yeah, you just pray for my mom and my family and pray for me with uh, Donald Trump. All right. Sounds like a good prayer request. Brother Gary, you'd like to lead us in prayer? All right. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we just thank you uh, for Brother CC. We pray that you continue to bless him, strengthen him, and encourage him, that you meet every need that's represented in his life right now, whether it's a spiritual need, a physical need, a financial need, an emotional need. Lord God, your word says that... Our God shall supply all of his needs, his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. We pray for his family, his mother especially, Lord God. You be with her and strengthen her and encourage her. We lift up uh, our president, Donald Trump, that you would bring uh, a speedy recovery from COVID. We pray that you would touch his heart and his life, Lord God, that he would lead by following your lead, Lord God, as well as all of our our leaders in, in this country from from the White House down to the farmhouse, that you would raise up leaders that would follow and uh, according to your will and your way. So, Lord, we just thank you today and praise you and give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, time for us to take a break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, professor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And once again, we'd just like to thank all of you who have been praying for this ministry over the many years. And we also want to thank those who have been uh, so generous to partner with us financially and give to Contending for the Faith. It's so important that you're consistent in your giving as well as you're consistent in your prayers for this ministry. It costs us 400 a week to remain on the air, and we also have other fees that we have to take care of, including our podcast fees. So it's it's uh, important that you're consistent in praying for us and consistent in your giving. There's two ways that you can donate. First way is write a check or money order and send it to Contending for the Faith. 
P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. The second way is so much easier. Just go online, get on your smartphone or your tablet, and go to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the Donate button, and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary. Appreciate those announcements, and uh, let's get to uh, our other callers. All right, Rick is waiting on line two. Mm-hmm. I got a oh, question th- for you. Um, in, in 1 Corinthians 13, it, it talks about uh, the, the uh, baptism of the dead. Clarify what Paul has to say about it and break it down. Okay, that's a good question. Uh, let me just say this, that this particular verse of Scripture, uh, it's found, for those who may not know what Rick is talking about, it's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and verse 29, where it says, Else what shall they do which are baptized for the dead, if the dead rise not at all? Why are they then baptized for the dead? There are 40 different interpretations of this scripture from various uh, scholars and Bible expositors and that sort of thing. well, they've, they've gone way out there with those different 40 different interpretations. I think you just can narrow it down uh, to uh, two primarily. Uh, and uh, the number one is that people in, in, in Paul's day, uh, there were people that were practicing this. And the Bible is very clear, uh, number one, that baptism doesn't save you. Uh, that's the, the first and foremost thing that we need to understand when it comes to uh, the Word of God, that baptism doesn't save you. And if it did, the, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he says, I baptized none of you, uh, but uh, the household of Stephanus and Crispus and Gaius. So if he was involved with believing that baptism was a means of salvation, he would have been trying to baptize everybody he could. The way you get saved is Ephesians uh, 2, 8, and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, as any man should boast. So I just want to say that as openers regarding this, this proxy uh, point of view that some people have. Now, so the first view has been this, like some of the people during Paul's time, they were uh, baptizing for the dead and thinking that uh, that one could baptize uh, de- for dead family members or friends and that uh, they would get uh, saved. It's kind of like uh, looking at it from uh, a Catholic standpoint with purgatory, you know, where you can go to a mass meeting and pray for people to be purged. The word pur- purgatory means to be purged and that's not even the Bible. That's in the second book of Maccabees. It's not even the Bible. It's not a canonical uh, word of God. It's uh, apocryphal, pseudepigraphal literature. And uh, so uh, I think that's important for me to bring out with this. Uh, and uh, also I'm going to say that the Mormons, they also uh, teach from this verse of Scripture that you can be baptized in the Mormon uh, church uh, for the dead, 
uh, the living could uh, be baptized with the dead, and then they could get saved. Uh, so, uh, no, that's not what Paul is saying. Paul is using uh, an oxymoron type of perspective here. And it's kind of like being a little bit sarcastic, but yet also uh, bringing out what some people were doing. And he was basically saying, and this is the other interpretation, and the biblical interpretation, why are you doing all this stuff if the, the dead rise not? You know, because some of them were having problems with believing that the dead will rise. So Paul says, you're doing all this stuff, and yet, in 1 Corinthians uh, 15, verse 16 and 7, he says, For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, you are yet in your sins. This, this I want to say this lastly, this particular uh, teaching uh, is not taught anywhere in Scripture as a doctrinal teaching. Uh, so uh, we need to understand that uh, because that's very important that we uh, understand that in the light of all of this. So hopefully that's helped out. Yeah, yeah, that's helped out because that's important. So does that help out uh, with that? It does. And basically he wants us to focus on the resurrection because that's the, that's the good news. And all this other stuff kind of uh, quenches it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the resurrection is the thing that's very important for us to be focusing on. And uh, if we don't do that, uh, we're going to have uh, problems with that. Yeah, so we're going to have problems with that. So it's important for us to understand that. So, uh, you know, so hopefully that's giving you some uh, insight on that. Uh, and uh, has helped you to better understand it. Very much so. No, you I appreciate have, it. I have a prayer request. Okay, why don't you share it quickly with us? Uh, I just got word that my, mo my mother had a stroke, mm. and she's hospitalized right now, and she needs prayer. Oh, yeah. Well, let's take that to the Lord in prayer. Yeah. <clears throat> Lord, we just lift up Rick's mother right now, and we, we pray, Lord God, that you would have mercy upon her. You are the great physician, and you've never lost a case. And we know that you're gracious and compassionate, so to anger and abounding in love. And we pray, Lord God, touch her body from the crown of her head to the bottom of her soul. Lord God, bring healing, life, and restoration. We pray that you give the family your peace and surround them with, with your love as well, Lord God, and your, your awesome presence. Be with them, Lord, and strengthen Rick through this time as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Rick, for your uh, question. We appreciate it. Uh, let's go to the, the, amen. Thank you. God bless you. Uh, Brother Gary, let's get to our next caller. All right, let's go quickly to William, line three. How you doing, William? How you doing, Dr. Buckner? Brother, I'm truly blessed. Good to hear your voice. Yes, indeed. I, I, I want to say thank you for your, your program and, and your ministry because it has helped me big time. Um, during this COVID, I've been tied up with a very busy schedule, and I haven't been able to, to uh, read my word the way I should, and I'm just thankful for the podcast because I've been working 75 hours, 80 hours a week, so I just want to say that. Well, we have to keep you, keep you in prayer around that, but we thank you always for your, your prayers as well as your financial support. You've been a real blessing to us as well throughout the years, and we wouldn't be on the air if it wasn't for your faithful prayers as well as your support. So thank you so much. 
Thank, thank you very much. Um, yes. My question um, is a lot of people are not uh, mentioning about uh, the gateway to cults. A lot of, I talked to a lot of youth, uh, you know, folks getting ready to go to college, and a lot of them always talk about, I can't wait to join a frat or a, uh, a sorority. And can you speak upon the dangers of those, uh, uh, those type of things? Because I know when I was going to college, I know what they were doing at those frats and, and uh, at those sororities. Can you speak upon that? What were some of the things that you saw them doing? Uh, well, taking oaths. Uh, you know, you know, you put the frat over everything, even over God. Right, right, absolutely, absolutely. Well, yeah, this is uh, a very serious thing, like you were saying, to taking the oaths, and these oaths have nothing to do with God. It has to do with humanism and cultism. And I think the biggest danger is uh, with these young people, these sorority groups and fraternity groups, uh, that uh, these young people get involved. Uh, this is the, this gateway cult is open up the door towards people, members being in a communal type lifestyle, uh, support groups, and uh, anything that will draw you uh, to communal groups that is not mentioning Jesus Christ and you're getting into all sorts of uh, humanistic things uh, that have nothing to do with God and they also have these membership fees the monies is going to it that's another danger not going to the glory of God but the membership fees are going to these communal cultic mentality they also have these various rites that they do a rite of passages uh, to become full-fledged members, and uh, these oaths and these rites are expected from freshmen or new members. Uh, something now. This is a, one of the major dangers that even some have even died doing these rites of passages, such as drinking as much alcohol as you can now. How dangerous and demonic is that? Drinking as much alcohol as you can, and some of these people have died from this stuff. And many cults are also similar and have new members uh, through uh, certain rites. I mean, you got uh, all this is satanic because in, in the satanic religion, they have all these various rites too, but you know, as sacrifices and stuff in there. And during the time of Halloween, they still do human sacrifices. Well, this thing has caused a lot of young people to die. And the greatest problem is they're not uh, discipling people. And when you don't disciple people, uh, they get into various nonsensical cultic stuff like this, and they get brainwashed and controlled so hopefully that's given a little insight to this. Uh, we need to pray for the people that are involved with this, that God will uh, get them out of it. And uh, that's, that's the most important thing. But discipleship is the thing that many churches are not doing, and it's leaving the door open towards people going into various cults. So hopefully that helps to give a little more insight. Thank you, Dr. Buckner. I really appreciate it. That does help. 
Um, can you pass a message to Brother Rick? I've gotten his message. My schedule was just crazy. I will contact him tomorrow. Oh, very good. He'll look forward to that. Thank you so much for your call, and keep us in prayer, and we'll do likewise. Thank you, Doc. All right. All right. God bless, Brother William. God bless. Go to Diane on uh, line four. Am I on the air? You're on the air. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well, Dr. Buckner, and I'm especially glad to be able to have gotten through. I've tried to call several times, and for some reason the call wouldn't complete itself. And I know we're running short on time. And so I want to say uh, very quickly that I want to revisit your earlier comments when you said, go to Bible college, go to seminary. One of the problems, I think, the reason we don't have proper discipling and we don't have better Christian organizations is because many of the leaders have attitudes like Snoop Dogg. You know, he said, ain't nothing to it but to do it. And that's exactly what they do. They don't bother to be able to really lead God's people or to really be able to lead the church. One of the reasons that people have so much, you know, so much respect for you is not only are you a godly individual, but you have an education. (laughs) You have an education in the scriptures, and you use it all the time to turn people to correct theology, right doctrine, right thinking. And you could not do that if you hadn't trained yourself. Many ministers believe that all they have to do is open their mouth and that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to them. Well, you know, we know that that's a misunderstanding of the work of the Holy Spirit and what God said he would do. That is so true. I can't improve upon that at all. All I can say is a healthy amen. Thank you for your encouraging words. And it does go back to the leaders. And, you know, the Bible has a whole lot uh, to say about uh, uh, many shepherds not leading their flock the right way. And God uh, doesn't take that lightly, and he will judge. And that's why I think a lot so much stuff is going on today, because The Bible says judgment begins in the house of God, and we see that's going for a full throttle. That's right, sir. Many Christian people never consider sending their children. Mm -hmm. They send their children to secular schools with disastrous results, like the the caller prior to was talking about where they end up worshiping um, various different fraternities and sororities and getting involved in cultic organizations. And we don't even consider sending our children to Bible college. And the time has come when Christian people really have to reconsider how they're educating their children. And most of the corruption that is happening in our society is not only coming from many of our liberal churches and even our conservative churches that are not doing what God called them to do, but it is coming from the universities where these young kids are going into them and they're getting brainwashed. And uh, the alternative is getting them into Christian schools like you have uh, sacrificed yourself to do and myself. Well, thank you so much for your call and your encouraging words. We're going to turn it over to Brother Gary. God bless you and your husband. Tell him I said hello and keep us in prayer. We'll do likewise for you as well. Thank you, Dr. Buckner. You're welcome. Thank you for your call and your input as well. Brother Gary. 
All right, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast. We'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of this program. It's important for us to hear from you, your letters and cards, and encouragement to us, so please drop us a note and let us know how this program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner. Always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you.